0: Welcome tonight to Church Online and to Church on the Rock here in Southeast Texas. God bless you. We're so glad you're here again. And for those of you that are going to be listening and reteaching this, tonight it's a dynamic subject. Uh, what, a, what a wonderful subject. Tonight we're going to be talking about heaven. And so this is life-shaped prayer and discipleship. And uh, tonight it's module number four. We're talking about the future in this, future in this particular module. And tonight we're talking about block four, Heaven. Oh, wow. Have you ever wondered about heaven? Well, tonight we're going to learn a little bit about heaven. Uh, This life block tonight is designed to be an, an initial and a very simple introduction to heaven. We could spend the rest of our earthly lives trying to find out and trying to learn and comprehend all the things that God has revealed to us about heaven, uh, and we would still not exhaust all of its grandeur, all of its wonder, all of its amazement. Uh, but thank God uh, we have more than just our earthly life to find out about heaven. In fact, thankfully, we will have a whole lot more time than just uh, the next hundred years to explore heaven's grandeur. And, and uh, however, in the time we have tonight, time we have right now, allow me to begin our study uh, and uh, so open up your mind a little bit, broaden your mind a little bit about heaven. You see, the word heaven, just the word heaven, not heavens and heavenly, but when you just research the word heaven, it's used 551 times in the king james version of the bible think about that how many times god talked about heaven and then hundreds of of additional times the word heavenly or the word you know uh, the kingdom of god or the word you know the heaven uh, uh, all, heavens a uh, plural all these other things so many other times hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times god references heaven and and uh, it's it's very important from genesis to revelation there is a great expectation for our future um, what we most often intend when we use the word heaven, when we say heaven or we, we someone is talking to us about heaven, you know, what we most often intend when we talk about heaven is the place where God lives and the place that we hope to go to when we die, right? Isn't that what you think about? That's what I think about normally when somebody talks about heaven. And, uh, and this is the totally right definition of heaven. I mean, that is exactly what heaven is. Heaven is where God lives and where he carries out the operations of the universe. This is where God lives. This is heaven. Heaven is where God lives and where He carries out and carries on the operations of, of, of the universe, He takes care of His business from heaven and uh, heaven is where god has established his throne it is where he speaks from it's where he sits and listens to our prayers it is where he dispatches angels from heaven and it's where uh, he welcomes his children into his presence whenever they leave planet earth and uh, uh, um you know uh, that is heaven That's the heaven we all know and the heaven we all look forward to. However, when we read in the Bible and the Bible uses the word heaven, it's actually talking about three different places, three very different and distinct heavens. And uh, many people may not realize and recognize it when they're reading through the Bible that the Bible speaks of three different heavens. In Genesis, the second chapter in verse 1, even in creation, the Bible says, Thus the heavens, plural, thus the heavens and the earth were finished. Okay? And it was the second day. Okay? And, you know, God did it early. God completed the heavens, plural, and the earth early. And, uh, you know, we can clearly see from the scriptures here that God is referring to more more than one heaven well 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 what specifically and how do we you know arrive at an understanding of more than one heaven or or, or what is the Bible talking about uh you know uh, when, when when it's not talking about the place where God lives when it when it says heavens and it's not referring to to his throne room or or, or the place we go when we die well uh, you know, clearly we understand there are uh, at least three heavens. Uh, the Apostle Paul said this in Second Corinthians in the 12th chapter in verse 2. He said, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body I do not know, or whether out of the body I do not know, God knows, but such a one was caught up into the third heaven." Now, the Apostle Paul is speaking here and referencing himself. He's talking about a spiritual experience that he had where he was caught up into a third heaven. And in that third heaven, he saw things and heard things that he cannot speak of. It was an amazing spiritual experience for the Apostle Paul. He did not know whether he was out of the body or in the body, but he knew that he was caught up into what he referenced as the third heaven. uh, let me explain to you these these heavens, these three heavens. The first heaven that you and I are always and immediately aware of is that air between us, okay? It's that air between us and the heavens. It's, it, it's the expanse of air as we look between us and upward from us all the way up to the atmosphere, all the way up uh, under the canopy of what we recognize as the sky. The heavens that were separated in Genesis 2, the waters, were separated from the waters and there was a firmament created. And uh, Genesis 1-8 says, and God called the firmament heaven. He called this expanse of air that we breathe and we live under in this canopy under our sky, under our clouds, you know, in our atmosphere, God called this heaven. And in Luke, the 21st chapter, the Bible tells us that heaven and earth will pass away. Well, it's not talking about God's house is going to pass away. It's talking about these heavens. This expansive air, our atmosphere, whenever the earth burns with a fervent heat, the heavens as we know them, this particular layer of our understanding and our, and, and our comprehension, all of this will melt away and pass away. And, and that's what he's talking about. The first heaven is the heaven that will pass away when the, when the, when the earth melts. And, and uh, there, there's a second heaven you know, just beyond our atmosphere in what we might call outer space, okay? Uh, it's, it's, It's the heavens that are also recognized in the Word of God as the heavenlies sometimes, and it's the place where the moon is, the place where the stars are in other galaxies and other planets. This second heaven is what we see when we look up and see these heavenly bodies. That's also, the Bible refers to that as a heaven. In fact, in Psalms, the eighth chapter, David was 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 just uh, just talking basically to God in himself in a little monologue prayer, and he says, uh, you know, uh, what is man that you are mindful of him? When I consider the stars and you know and the moon, the sun, all the handiworks, all the heavenly handiworks, all the things of heaven, I look up into the heavens and I consider what in the world is man? You know, Abraham was also told in Genesis fifteen to step out of his tent. Have you heard anything about stepping out of a tent, lady? lately, to step out of his tent and to look up toward the heavens and to count the stars. That's where the stars are. When the Bible talks about heaven, sometimes it's talking about this expanse that that has been created for us to live in, in this breathable air and atmosphere. And sometimes it's talking about the second heaven or the heavenlies. As we peer up into heaven, God said, look up into heaven and count the stars in heaven. And those are the heavenlies as well. Uh, You know, God is the creator of those heavens and those heavenly bodies like he created here an expanse for us to live in. Now I don't know what God originally intended for the heavenly bodies for all the planets and the galaxies or what he has intended for them in the future. I do not know. He does not tell us. But you know, uh, you know, we're told that the universe is expanding at the speed of light. Well I offer to you one suggestion why it is expanding at the speed of light because when I read in Genesis chapter 1 I found out that God said let there be light and boom there was light now there's the there's the big bang theory okay boom there was light and uh, uh, I never read anywhere where he said stop so I'm guessing it's still going, okay? It's just still expanding, and light is still reaching out to the to the darkness of the nothingness of whatever it is beyond everything that is. It's still creating God's word is still going. Um, uh, perhaps that's the reason why. But uh, but we have a first heaven, this heaven we understand here. We have a second heaven, the heavenly bodies with this, and then this third heaven is the literal abode, the home. Of God. It's God's abode. It's where God's angels and, and, and the saints who have passed on, it's where they reside and where they are making preparation for the end of this world and for the next world which will come. Today in that third heaven, in the heaven where God lives, there is work going on Okay. It's not just a place where there's a bunch of clouds and people are sitting learning how to play harps and sing nice little songs. Okay. This is a place where children are growing. It's a place where, where those who have died under the age of accountability are immediately welcomed into the presence of God and those above the age of accountability who accepted Jesus Christ and His blood as payment for their sins are received into heaven and work is being done. It's being, it's ongoing because there is a preparation. For the world, for the end of this world, God's plan is unfolding even in heaven. Things are being prepared. A great wedding feast will be put together one day. All things will be made ready in heaven. Okay, Heaven is a literal place. And uh, heaven is God's place where there's preparation ongoing today for the end of this world and for the beginning of the next. Isaiah said it this way in Isaiah 66:1 Thus says the Lord. You know Isaiah is just a, you know, a pretty reputable character wouldn't you imagine? Okay? And here he's prophesying. I love it when Isaiah, one of the prophets, begins with Thus saith the Lord. I like that. Who I would like to just get up and do that, you know, something it's, you know. And uh, heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. You see God's throne It's it's right there. That's the heaven that we're talking about tonight. That's the heaven that we we want to understand more about and we want to embrace. This is where Jesus lived before we knew Him as the incarnate Son of Almighty God. This is where He lived before He became flesh and blood. And it's where also Christ ascended to after His death, burial, and resurrection. Heaven. Heaven. This is that heaven. He is spending time there, as he said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And I, if I go away, will come again. It's where he's coming back from. He's coming back from heaven. And he's going to receive us. And it is where we will become his bride and enjoy a great wedding feast. Okay, uh, Jesus even said uh, that he came down from heaven. That's what he said in, in Luke, the sixth chapter. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. He was the bread of God. He was the life of God. He came down from heaven, he said. And also, uh, he ascended back into heaven, and he's coming again. In First Thessalonians, the fourth chapter, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven. Okay, from that third heaven. This is where they are. They are in heaven. They are in a literal house of God. It's where God lives. It's, it's, it. It's God's place, okay? It's Daddy's home. It's His place where He lives. That's where Jesus came from to become the incarnate Word of Almighty God. It's where He went back to. It's where He's coming again from. It's where He's taking us back to. And it is what is coming for the future, heaven. Heaven is more real, in fact, than our temporary existence on earth. You know, if you live to be 150, it is a very short time, but a vapor, gone quickly. But eternity is a long, long time, and heaven is more real than this earth. Heaven existed before the earth. Heaven is more real than this temporary life that we now know. Heaven is the eternal, or, or excuse me, heaven is eternal, but it is not meant for us to live there forever. Uh, watch me here, I don't want to throw you a curve. I just want to teach you about heaven and what the Bible says. Heaven is eternal, but we are not meant to live there forever. Heaven is a temporary residence. For the souls of men and women who have been born again, God's children, it is a temporary residence for the children of God until God cleanses the earth of sin and brings a new heaven and a new earth, a new expanse that we can live in and a new earth wherein will dwell righteousness. God gave us the picture of His will, of His perfect will for mankind whenever He began Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. In Genesis 1 and Genesis 2, God showed us His perfect plan for mankind, a earth with a livable and habitable heaven the expanse between us and an atmosphere that contains life and supports life and and, and promotes life, a, a protected atmosphere. It's only that God wanted us to live in the earth in a protected heaven without sin, without sickness, without poverty, without worry, without fear, without enemies, without the devil and without the devil's angels and demons and serpents who would beguile us. God wants us to dwell in the earth in righteousness. That's the picture that He gave us. And one day, we, the redeemed of the Lord, those who have accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, as Messiah and King, those who have the Lamb's blood on their life, those who receive Jesus as Messiah... One day we, the redeemed, will begin that world that God first intended. We will begin it again. God has a plan. He will succeed. Just as much as He had a plan to bring the children of Israel into the land of Canaan, the first that he tried would not go. He circled around for a few years, dealt with those in his way, and brought a people that would follow him into the land. God's plan will not be thwarted. We have a quick glimpse in Genesis 1 and 2 of what God intended, and as well, God gives us glimpses of heaven, even Jesus speaking about those who had passed on, giving us glimpses into eternity. But in the meantime, right now, between Genesis 3... And Revelation 22, okay, we are stuck in a parenthetical moment of God dealing with sin, dealing with rebellion in heaven and sin on the earth we are stuck in a parenthetical moment of God having to deal with the fall of man and the rebellion of angels in heaven. During this particular time, this parenthetical moment that we are in, when God is going to cleanse the earth finally, He's going to deal with that and put down all rebellion and and, and banish all rebels, in this parenthetical moment between Genesis 3 and Revelation 22 we, when we die as born-again believers, we are welcomed into the sanctuary of God. We are welcomed into heaven, uh, uh, if you will, uh, and, and, uh, uh, and we receive rewards. God not only receives us into heaven, but He also rewards us for the work that we have done while in the flesh on the earth, to help Him in cleansing the earth, in dealing with sin, and redeeming mankind, in drawing them into His presence. It's during this time that God welcomes and rewards His children into their eternal rewards, into His house, until uh, all things have been made ready, until the marriage supper, supper of the Lamb is enjoyed, all rebellion is abolished, and all rebels banished forever and ever. Our earthly hope is heaven but our heavenly hope is a new earth. New heavens and a new earth. That is ultimately our promise. Our promise when we die is heaven. Our promise for eternity is a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwells righteousness where the throne of Christ sits and He is the light of of our future. Heaven will one day be the place where God sits on his throne and the great judgment is given for all mankind. That will take place in heaven. The judgment will occur before God's throne. The devil and his angels, along with the souls of every man and every woman who refused the blood of the Lamb of God, they will all be cast out of God's presence forever. Next week, we are going to to talk about hell, okay? Death and hell. This week, heaven. Only those who are covered by the blood of Christ will be given entrance into the eternal messianic kingdom, which will last forever. And we will live with Jesus. Our husband, our Savior, our Lord, and our King, as a bride, we will live with Him as a bride in the city of New Jerusalem on a new earth without sin, as I said, without sickness, without poverty, without pain, without worry, without fear. Heaven is also the place where our thoughts, our intents, and our actions will be rewarded, okay? According to the Lord, All of our thoughts, our intents, and our actions will be revealed and rewarded in that heavenly judgment. Great rewards will be given to some, while others will have absolutely nothing to offer the Lord and the Lamb who saved them and redeemed them from eternal destruction because all they have done is just receive salvation by grace the grace of God. And they brought no works and therefore they brought no offerings to the Lord and they receive no rewards for eternity. There will be so many sorrows and tears at that time that God will have to put a pause on time and He will even give special time so that He might dry every tear and wipe away every tear. The Bible does not say there'll be no tears in heaven. The Bible says there'll be many tears in heaven. In fact, so many, God will give special time to dry them all before He proceeds with His plan. Some may say, well, I don't really need any rewards. I mean, just getting to heaven is enough. Getting to heaven is a big enough reward for me. Well, to quote a dear friend, To place little value on what heaven says has great value insults the very Lord who offers these rewards. Listen again. David Shibley says this in his book, Living as if Heaven Matters. To place little value, for us to place little value on what heaven says has great value, talking about rewards, Insults the very Lord who is offering. It's as though He's trying to tell you something is really, really wonderful, and you're saying, oh, I don't want it, don't need it, eh, big deal. You know, uh, you see, a casual attitude towards the prized rewards of heaven could be considered an insult and an offense to God. You see, heaven is not a reward, heaven is our Father's home. You are not rewarded with heaven. Heaven is our Father's home. We are welcomed into his home because we are his children, not because we did or didn't do something, but we are rewarded because we worked for him and brought him souls for eternity. We are welcomed to heaven not by reward, but by grace. No works can grant anyone entrance into God's presence or into His palace. It is by grace and grace alone. We are given sanctuary in His presence because He loves us, because we are His children. We are family. That's why we're welcomed into this protected sanctuary until a new heaven and a new earth can be made for us. Rewards, however, are earned. And it seems that they are very important to God. They are very important to Jesus. And so perhaps they should be very important to us. How could we ever consciously go to God's house without bringing Him something to offer Him? This brings us to our important points. Important point number one for tonight. Our citizenship is in heaven. If you're born again, you're a citizen of heaven. Your citizenship is already there. Your name is recorded there. That's where you you, you are welcomed. Your citizenship is in heaven. In fact, that's what it says in Philippians, the third chapter. For our citizenship is in heaven from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's where our citizenship is. Important point number two, we have a family in heaven. We already have family there. That's what it says in Ephesians. For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. We have family in the earth. We have church. We have, we have a huge church family all over the earth. We also have family in heaven. Okay. We're family. Important point number three. Heaven is a temporary place of man's residence. Not because it will pass away, but because we will one day be given a new earth to live on, a new heaven, a new earth. Important point number four, heaven is not a reward. Listen very closely. Heaven is not a reward, but a welcomed entrance into our Father's house. And our last point, point number five. Point number five, I offer to you the Scripture, Colossians 3, 1 through 3. You won't find it written here, but it simply says this. If you be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sits at the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above and not on things on the earth because you are dead and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Point number five, heaven. It's everything. Your eternity depends on heaven.